What's going on? Welcome back to the Kicking It With podcast. I'm your host, Zach Holcomb. And on today's episode, episode number five, we have Shannon Van Deren. She is with uh, her own company, Layered Manufacturing and Consulting. And uh, we, ch- we chat about her uh, journey in additive manufacturing, her time um, working with uh, the Additive Manufacturing Users Group, the AMUG conference, and, uh, you know, AMUG dinos, volunteer community, all that fun stuff coming up. So thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Afternoon, Zach. Hey, Shannon. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for taking the time out today. Sorry I was running late and all that good stuff, but I'm glad that uh, we were still able to connect this afternoon and chat. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for the call. Always look forward to hearing from you. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. We're getting close. It's a mug season. This is like, I feel like the kid in elementary school that was all psyched to go to Disney World for spring break. But instead, for me, it's a mug in Chicago in March. So pretty psyched about that. How about you? I love that analogy. I say all the time that it is my favorite work week of the entire year. (laughs) Largely because we're gaining so much education. We're regrouping with people that we legitimately maybe only see during that one week of AMUG. We know we're going to eat really well. Yes. We know we're going to see all kinds of new things. It's an exciting week. Yep. I agree. I agree. So to all the the listeners, this is episode five of the Kicking It With podcast. This is my guest, Shannon Van Deren. And uh, I'm Zach Holcomb, as you know, and, you know, love or hate. Sorry, I appreciate it. (laughs) So today, yes, wanted to get with Shannon. Shannon is... I don't know when I'm explaining to folks who you are, I pretty much skip straight to analogies that I know. And the one that I say is Shannon is an OG. She is one of the, like, she is, she's one of the originals in the whole 3d printing additive manufacturing jam. And so like, I say that with, with utmost respect, but the OGs are like, they're the, they're the original gangsters. So that's kind of how I explain you to, to a lot of people. So, (laughs) wow. Yeah. Well, in a world of acronyms, I, I'll take some acronyms. I like it. Thanks for explaining <laughs> it because I would have been going through my catalog of words I know that begin with O and G. So for sure. Thanks, for, sure. thanks for the tip. But no, no, yeah. seriously, I think of them as like pretty much it's like the dino, uh, the dino folks from AMUG tend to be pretty much the folks that I associate with uh, with that realm of uh, yeah. of heroism. Uh, well. I, I think every single one of us would quickly rebuttal against anything heroic um, <laughs> An analogy there that it certainly is not how we deem ourselves, but uh, we have been contributing for a long time. We love investing in it. We love investing in the new folks coming in and look at you like you're, you are absolutely everywhere with additive manufacturing. So you are uh, advancing the industry every bit as much as we are, maybe with a little less longevity, but certainly with some gusto in your feet. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I guess trailblazers would be a real good, uh, a good word for it maybe, but, but anyway, so yep, right there with Lewis and Clark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Shannon, for those who don't know, what's, What's kind of your tie? What's your history with uh, with three D printing and additive manufacturing, and um, you know, kind of like what's your tie in, and 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 how did you get started with it all? Right, great question. Well, I think 
additive manufacturing comes in in many forms, and I have played varied roles within uh, the segment of additive manufacturing. I began with Materialize, actually, uh, which I'm sure most of your listeners know who they are, a software manufacturer, um, as well as doing 3D printing. I worked with them on their orthopedic end of business uh, for much of my time there, which was working with surgeons on patient-specific guides for upper extremity uh, procedures, congenital deformities, malunions. Uh, and when I say patient-specific instrumentation, if you think of like carpentry jigs, it is much the same as that, where you're taking radiographic images, segmenting those into CAD, and designing guides based on the surgeon's directives in a virtual environment as to their desired outcomes. Uh, and then you design guides to seat upon the patient's specific anatomy contours uh, and guide the surgeon's hands, which have all kinds of benefits. And that really kind of grew my love for the medical uh, initiatives of 3D printing. Uh, I just loved being in the OR. I felt like I kind of had the whole world that I could work on the software and I could see the parts being printed and I could also be in the OR uh, watching the end recipient, said patient on table, uh, benefit from the use of additive manufacturing. I think a lot of us in our field and now today, now that I'm not in the OR anymore, I often don't get the joy of seeing end application. I might know where it's going on a vehicle or on a surgical instrument, uh, but actually seeing it used was something pretty special. Mm -hmm. uh, from there, I had a a strong desire to learn about all technologies. We were using SLS for that particular application, largely because nylon PA can be autoclave uh, for sterilization practices uh, for the safety of the patients in the OR. I went on and worked at 3D Systems, uh, largely to learn plastics, uh, plastic processes. At that time, they didn't yet have their feet in with metals. Uh, they had just acquired Phoenix, but it was very early in the game. Uh, and then I moved on to linear mold in Michigan, which was all metal printing. So I had the ability to not just read and watch videos, uh, but did be hands-on at the shop as they were making parts, working with customers on what their needs were, finding applications, whether it was design applications, speed to market, potential production application. Uh, and from there, we first layered manufacturing, which has been such a joy for me because it allows me to work within all processes in a technology agnostic manner. So thankfully, I've had experiences with most of the processes, uh, have some great relationships, many of which have been birthed at AMUG, actually, uh, and some just through the course of my having worked for varying companies. Uh, and layered manufacturing now works in a consultative capacity within additive. Um, again, it might be designed for manufacturing. It might be looking at a conventional manufacturer that is exploring additive. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be for an industry, organization, hospitals, and then also doing project management. I haven't gotten away from building actual parts, uh, even still to this day. So I keep my myself mixed into the whole fold. Um, largely because selfishly, that's exactly where I want to be. There's right. so many cool things happening. And if I can uh, at least have line of sight into some of it, man, I'm ne I never get old. Right on. Right on. Yeah, that's sweet. That's a great, great, uh, great background. Good stories there. I like it. The, um, 
Yeah, I'm with you too. I like no matter what kind of like role or task I need to do on a daily basis, I still enjoy like walking back and going through parts and stuff like that. It's it's really fun. I'm pretty much yeah. always arguing or always fighting with people for the ability to take parts out of our HP build. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I just enjoy it. It's fun. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. It's, uh, yeah, uh, the kids like coming in and doing it too. It's their uh, their dino dig for parts. So. Anyway. Oh, right. Yeah. Little excavators right there. In the That's hall, right. Huh? That's right. Tricked. You know what? That's a funny labor. thing you say that I have worked with. Um, I was interviewed not too long ago talking about how to get young people interested. And I always assert it towards Legos. And my kids were giant Lego users. And I mean, really building of Legos is 3D printing in a very manual, mm-hmm. uh, organic fashion, right? You're building them a brick mm-hmm. at a time. And I hadn't even thought about the kids that like to dig in the sand and certainly the excavating and how many toys did we buy our young kids where they could dig little trinkets out of sand. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that assimilation deck, but that's eye-opening because that too uh, is a foray into how to appeal to the minds of kids. Because when you use grown-up words uh, and grown-up terminology, we don't find them as quickly do- as we do talking about toys metaphorically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like sometimes like, especially for us in a powder based system, we've got, you know, we're printing those sockets. So we've got a bunch of space around them. And, um, yeah, yeah if we're having a build that I might prospectively need to unpack on a weekend and they're around, we'll throw, you know, our filler parts will be silly things that they'll enjoy finding. So ah, it's kind of, I'm going to come over next time. Yeah. We'll get up. It'll be fun. fun. I, I haven't figured out how to, uh, yeah, print koozies and bottle openers in there for the adults yet. <laughs> oh, darn it. Nothing utilitarian for us adults on I know. Weekend. Yeah, it would just be like, yeah, it would be stuff for the Jeep. And uh, <laughs> there you go. For sure. For sure. Yeah, we got to get something going on on that. To figure that right on. Out. <laughs> we had a, uh, we were hosting like a manufacturer's association a couple weeks ago and we thought about um, making parts that we were going to have like a build ready to unpack. And we thought it would be cool to have like a little coins with each of those companies logos in mixed around in the build. We didn't end up doing oh. it, but it, we kind of thought it would be a cool way to make, oh, make them agree. feel really tied in and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, and the, love it. Love it, that plan. Yeah. You know, in the, in the nature of sharing good ideas, I thought that was worth sharing. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, if you read Dale Carnegie, he will say there's, the most important word in the English language, in any language, not just the English language, is that of your own name. So when people find value in being called by name, even if it's a corporate name, right on. Uh, that's a pretty important word to them. Right on. Yeah, I like that from the corporate perspective, too. I not thought of it like that. Yeah. Well, cool. So um, you spoke briefly about um, what you do at, uh, at Layered Manufacturing. Do you want to share a little more on that? A little shameless plug time you got? Ah, yes. Well, we we kind of morph into different things as customer needs uh, surface. Largely what we're doing is consulting with companies who, one, either want to expand their, expand their breadth of knowledge on additive manufacturing. Maybe they're coming new into the game and as opposed to hosting a series of salespeople who are going to, trying to come in and sell a machine, they'll pull in um, a consultant much like myself that can talk to them about what they're currently doing today. What are they looking to achieve? Are they looking to achieve speed to market? Are they looking for cost savings? Are they looking to avoid pooling? Are they looking to get a geometry that they're not succeeding with conventionally? Really just understanding that and then exploring what the rigors 
of the end product are because you and I both know different mm-hmm. machines both pros and cons differently, <laughs> right? Yep, so sure. being able to assess those from a perspective where there isn't a gain for me, no matter where they land. Right. Uh, so when I'm working with customers, it really is a, a listening tour, if you will, and then feedback and counsel into, from my experience, what uh, might be the most pertinent decision-making for them if they choose to move ahead uh, along the road of additive manufacturing. Also do project management uh, with customers who want to have a single source uh, supplier on their ASL. And because I have collaborative partnerships with shops really doing every additive process and in every material and really every piece of equipment, Mm -hmm. um, they can route it all through layered manufacturing. And then I will manage uh, the different directions uh, that their projects are in so that they deliver timely and as desired. Right on. Right on. So you're like their, um, kind of what we, what we refer to it as you're like their, uh, their additive manufacturing Sherpa guiding them along their journey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. No, I like it. That's cool. That's cool. So are you like, are, um, when you're doing, doing that and working with those companies, are you generally trying to work with them to target you know, kind of their pain point of what they're trying to achieve. And then you're just, you're just, because you're not tied to any company, you're just a completely unbiased um, professional. That's opinion. exactly right. Yep. That's, that's awesome. exactly right. And the agenda is always theirs, not mine. Right. Um, I'm definitely not going in with a mission to bring them to my way of thinking. Right. Uh, I'm going in on a mission to understand where their pains are, um, what can be done better. And ultimately, Zach, sometimes additive isn't the answer. Let's be honest. Additive yep. is the perfect solution for the perfect problem. And I'm the first one to say no, yep. uh, even though that can often mean a shorter duration of contract. Right. It's the right, it's the right thing to do. So, uh, they really are kind of dictating my path. They are the, they being the, the contract, uh, that I have at that time. Uh, they're really the ones who are steering me on what they need. What do I need to investigate? What do I need to coach? Am I really talking to the executive level at a purchasing point? Or am I talking to the development engineers as they are potentially doing things within the bookends of conventionalism that they've always done? And now we just need to show them that those bookends can push out and out of the way a little Mm -hmm. bit. So the customer dictates what it is exactly that they're looking for um, from services uh, from myself. And if it's something that they need that falls outside of my qualifications, uh, then certainly I point them in the direction of somebody who is better equipped uh, to yield that type of a service. For instance, I have had a customer ask me to help them um, validate a machine. That's not, that's really not in my queue of services that I would feel comfortable uh, to do for a customer, but I certainly do have folks that I will be very happy to point them that way. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, let's see here. I got, um, I was scrolling, I was scrolling yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It might've been this morning on some LinkedIn and I noticed that uh, I noticed you had like a little video posted up there. So <gasps> I know I took a I took a tip from that. <laughs> You're much more a selfie taker and self video taker. That is not my thing. Uh, so that was uh, that was going out on a limb. No, for sure. 
I liked yeah. it. I liked it a bunch. I was a big fan. I was like, hey, I, I like gathered people in the office and was like, hey, come over here and check this out. I, I love seeing uh, seeing I, seeing folks uh, put themselves out there and do a little video time. It was good stuff. I liked it. Oh, uh, funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I did put that out there. And here's why. So AMUG is a show that's been around for over 30 years. Okay. It's another acronym, right? We'll hunt and lose the AMUG. And not everybody that follows us on LinkedIn are additive folks, right? So they might be being like, why do you keep yeah. saying this AMUG word? I don't even know what that means. So my first video that I put out was really to explain what is AMUG? What does it mean to you if you get involved? What, how do you get involved? Those types of sort of generic questions, because I don't think we do that. It does a great job on our website. All kudos to our website developer. But yep. if you don't know to go there, then you don't really know what it is. Um, and as a track leader for AMUG, I've been leading the medical track for a number of years now. I'm always posting the uh, presentations or panel discussions that I've secured onto LinkedIn, onto Facebook uh, to help stimulate some interest. You know, it, there's a lot of shows that go on in the spring, every spring. And if there's an engineer sitting at his or her computer saying, I don't know if I should go to this show, this show, this show. Potentially, if I'm listing content that is coming to AMUG, it may sway their decision. Maybe it won't, but it might. And I also want to make sure that the folks that have agreed to present at AMUG are getting a fair bit of exposure ahead of time because they are coming to us voluntarily. Sure. And that matters. That matters to us a lot. No, I love it. That's sweet. Yeah, I love uh, I love uh, seeing you do the build up to to it in March to kind of get people excited and things like that. We were kind of I did the um, Brett Charlton reached out to me and and uh, asked me to be a part of the scholarship committee this year, which is really awesome. So I was psyched to I was psyched to get started, like, you know, get my, get my feet wet and being involved in a mug. So that was pretty cool. I'm so happy that you're on that committee and you're great because one thing I know about you on a personal level is you're investing in the young people around you, additive or otherwise. For sure. uh, so to have you on our scholarship committee, which for the listeners who don't know, we give one to an educator and one to a student. Uh, and I just think you're a fantastic addition to that committee. I hope you agree to stay on it for a very long time because you are true to the bone, dedicated to the generations coming up behind us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. I love, uh, I love doing the stuff with the kids, man. It's super exciting. We did, uh, we hit, we hit two high schools just this week and did little presentations. So it was, I love doing that stuff. It, it's super awesome. But yeah, when he reached out to me and asked me to be a part of that, I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. You can count me in on Good. that. So I wasn't, you know, I had a lot going on this year, so I wasn't the greatest help to them with, with everything else trying to keep up. But, um, it was awesome to kind of be a part of checking out the applications and, and getting on the phone yeah. with everyone and kind of talking through it and, and kind of doing that. It was, it was really cool. It was pretty I exciting. So yeah, I think, I think I'm another guy, a person I'm going to have here on the podcast is, uh, is I don't know if they've announced it, so I won't say it, but I think one of the winners is a person that found out about it. Um, possibly through Brett and I's little podcast of him kind of like talking about the scholarships. I th- I think the person that won one of them found out about that opportunity through that and us sharing it on LinkedIn. So it proved it, it, it works like that. <laughs> yeah. Often. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll see if we, if that's, I got to confirm, but I'm pretty sure that's the story. But anyway, so great. 
Another great thing with AMUG is the Dino Awards. That's the video that went out this morning. That's an important award. And again, another largely misunderstood um, or maybe frequently asked, inquired about uh, phase of AMUG. So that's, Mm -hmm. um, AMUG calls it a prestigious award. I would, I would tend to concur with that. I know for me, when I received mine, it was a huge humbling honor. I don't know that I would ever categorize myself as prestigious anything. Uh, so I, I don't know that I would coin that adjective in the same sentence with myself. Um, but it is an award that is voted on. It is a full series, much like you probably saw the scholarship committee. Like it isn't just a who's friends with who here or right. whose name, who do we want to make feel good this year? It's not that way. In the bylaws and the AMUG, there are so many rules. We are governed uh, by process, at that, which is funny because here we are in well, it's not funny. It's actually kind of awesome. Here we are in a world where we have to follow process uh, for production. And AMUG is a production. Yes. Good Lord. But you know what's the most exciting thing about it? Our volunteers. We all walk away from our day job to come volunteer at AMUG. We give a lot of time up leading up to that uh, five-day conference, months and months of preparation, depending on your role. Yep. Um, at AMUG, our officers, none of us are paid to be there. The officers, they are on the phone at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, track leaders, we start assembling our tracks very early on, vetting out who should participate in that, deciding what you want. I'm a lover of panel discussions and roundtables more than I am a presen- presentation type person. I did mix it up again this year. Um, but really ensuring that we're finding qualified people. Uh, to talk that are not going to come in and commercialize. We can get our own commercials on our screens. When we have one-to-one, we want to have um, a healthy volley of conversation where we're learning. When folks who are away from their desks, the attendees, not even the volunteers, they're away from their desks for four and five days. That's a long time for a management team to dismiss an employee to go off and be in a learning environment. It is our responsibility as track leaders uh, to ensure that they're going home with something that will create value to their management team from my perspective. But back to dinos, uh, we award up to 10 of those a year. Uh, they started back in 1998 was the first year of dino awards. Um, we may not issue 10 every year. It depends on what comes in for nominations. The selection committee reviews those. The selection committee is made up of two officers that have been dino recipients as well as up to eight other previous dino recipients that are not officers. So we keep it equitable. We want to make sure that that is well known. And there's qualifications to be met. They have to have been in the industry for 10 years. They have to be contributing to knowledge, skills, um, advancement of the technology. And another key thing for us at AMUG is that you're investing in AMUG. it doesn't just happen. We don't we don't have a team that's paid to go and set it up ahead of us. It is such an atmosphere of volunteering and people coming together uh, to form this conference. So we like to acknowledge folks that are investing in this show because this show is important mm-hmm. for additive. This show is important for the OEMs, equipment end users and otherwise. There's so many gains. Uh, in participating in a show like AMUG. So the Dino Award captures those things. We hand those out at the show. We don't let the recipients know ahead of time. So there's some lead up 
to the award. Nobody knows if and when they might receive it, which makes it fun uh, because it is a true surprise. And then everybody gets to enjoy in the celebration of somebody having done a really spectacular job at creating a uh, an industry that we are all prospering from, enjoying and learning from year over year. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I really love it. That's a, it's a cool, it's a cool type of a recognition style. I, I like that, uh, you know, it's the people don't know until it happens. I've been there for a couple of those presentations. It's been pretty cool to, um, to check out and to mm-hmm. watch. And yeah, I'm glad that you, you brought, brought to, brought the attention to the fact that it's an all, um, all volunteers, like no one's getting paid for all the time all year long that they put into, um, you know, help and take care of the responsibilities that they signed up for. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a unique experience. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes, it is. So you run the medical track. How long have you been, um, how long have you been kind of setting that up and scheduling that? Uh, I think I have been running the medical track now for the what might be year seven now. Um, and I do that for a lot of reasons. One, I want to keep the advancement um, of AMUG. Two, I work in, in all fields, all vertical markets and additive. Um, I have a real heart for the medical field, uh, both professionally and personally. It has impacted our personal life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to assemble the content, hearing what folks are interested in, what advancements have been happening throughout the year and creating a collective group, um, either of panelists or presenters. So that exactly what I said previously, that folks are going home with some knowledge or insight that can either make them think differently about something that they're doing, encourage them, um, recognize you know, different things that are happening. One thing I love is when I see folks from Ford come in there or folks from an aerospace come into the medical track, what a great opportunity to learn what other verticals are doing that may well have a nice application in your own vertical market. You know, you look at the same thing uh, repeatedly. And then when you go and look at a different application, sometimes your eyes open a little bit differently. And I find that really exciting to watch kind of lights go on with folks that are seeing something a little bit different, not a new technology to them at all, but a new way of using it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know what you mean there. I've kind of experienced that, like kind of going from being at a company that's seeing, you know, parts from all sorts of different industries and, and kind of how they go about changing what they're doing or kind of adapting new workflows and stuff like that. And then kind of um, how they use the tools and technology Mm -hmm. and then switching over and being like in, in, you know, much more of a prosthetics and orthotics heavy, um, environment. It's, it's just interesting how, you know, like you said, if, if you're, if an industry is just sitting there and they're just all staring at the same thing, they all kind of gravitate to doing the same thing. And, and then when yes. um, you're able to kind of like see things from another perspective, it's kind of interesting to see how, uh, how things can change in an industry when that happens. Yes, absolutely true. I kind of feel like that lately with the auto industry. I feel like the auto industry in the last like year or two has really started to embrace additive as like a kind of like an end end use solution again, or, um, you know, maybe not even again, but just for, for starters, I feel like like the, uh, the adoption and 
the at least the amount of press releases coming from that industry lately in like the last 12 months has been where i've seen the biggest swing of it i don't know what do you think mm. Um, I think, I, you know, I mean, I, I have a short line of sight, I think, into what's really happening behind the doors of automotive companies. But certainly what we are privileged to read through press releases, uh, we're seeing more automotive applications um, where they can be using it for design ideas, for prototyping. It really just depends, you know, if, are they prototyping for fit form? Are they prototyping for fit form function? If it's in the plastics world, what truly functions in the way that a, say, injection molded part may or may not do it. Mm -hmm. um, we still struggle on volume uh, for a standard car line. Performance cars, I think that's a little different because the volume is lower. Uh, it can be jigs and fixture uh, appropriate. It can be end of arm robotics appropriate. Um, I think that's where we're really going to see a lot of wins in automotive early on as we pair that up with the word production. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think additives can keep up with whatever line of pickup truck of how many thousands of those are built a year, tens of thousands, hundreds sure. of thousands. Um, but yes, I think there is a lot of study and investment happening into how exactly additive can contribute. To a responsible production effort and by responsible, cost-effective, time-effective uh, in longevity, right? The longevity of the additive manufactured part uh, for said purpose. Yep. Yep. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I kind of feel like medical is like the flip side of that. Like I feel like every, like medical is very open to trying trying new things now they've got like more hoops to jump through and all that stuff but i feel like additive is really doing a great job of benefiting the medical industry by allowing a lot of products and ideas that otherwise might not have been given a chance because of the prohibitive start, uh, startup cost i, I feel mm. like that's been that's been a really cool change yeah i would agree with that i would say probably the margins uh, between medical and automotive are extraordinarily different. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but to it, it fits well in medical uh, from an implant perspective in that you have patient-specific applications um, as well as titanium implants where they're taking advantage of the porous surfacing, allowing for osteointegration or the bony ingrowth. Yeah, which is uh, awesome stuff. foreign metal substance. Uh, those are fantastic applications. They're basically mimicking cancellous bone. In instrumentation, I think we're seeing some opportunities for instruments coming out. Our gap there is ensuring we have materials that can withstand cyclical autoclaving. Mm -hmm. um, we know that a lot of the additive plastics, not exclusively, but a lot of the additive plastics don't love a whole lot of heat. Mm -hmm. And autoclaving itself is heat, moisture, and pressure. So creating a library of materials that can withstand the rigors of um, a medical cleaning environment is key, and they're coming. We're seeing that happen. If you have one-time use instruments, I know there's a lot of talk in the um, orthopedic space about having disposable instruments. Well, now you don't have to worry about cyclical autoclaving. If they're disposable, they're going to be one-time use and rejected or, or tossed. Uh, the problem with that then comes with a cost, right? It's more expensive yeah. to do things that way. But the medical companies really seem to be grasping the idea that additive manufacturing can change the way that patient care uh, is delivered. And 
when there is extraordinary proof that not only does it change the way that patient care is delivered, but it matches with increased patient outcomes, then we are really going to see extraordinary usage, I think, of additives in many more applications. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So tell me more about this, uh, this, you know, a little bit lighter note, the Charlotte meetup group of industry oh. professionals. I know this is something, yeah. I, you know, I used to live near you when uh, you were in Detroit. I was in Columbus, so I kind of saw what you were doing then. But yep. tell me about this little group that now gets, now you're in Charlotte. I'm in North Carolina. It's like, I know. it's like I need to start making it to that. So probably that. you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it is a group that had birth in Detroit, um, which I just moved here to Charlotte from Detroit a year and a half ago. Um, it was a lot of us AMOG people that live in Detroit. You know, there's a lot more industry in Detroit that are using additive, I think, than I've discovered here in Charlotte. It doesn't mean it's not here. It just means I'm still finding them. Sure. Uh, but AMOG wasn't enough for us. We wanted to see each other more. That's the thing with additive. It's such a family environment. Once a year for us just wasn't adequate. So right. we started this networking night in Detroit on the same day of every month. Uh, in at the same venue, which we learned was key. You have to do that so people know where to find you because month to month, you may or may not be available on mm-hmm. that date. Right. Um, and we sometimes would have six of us show up. We sometimes would have 56 of us show up. <laughs> we would have people that would travel in for it. We would have um, some vendors would be coming into their customers for GM or Chrysler and they would intentionally plan it around uh, that particular night so that they could come and engage. Was it a trade show? No, nobody brought materials at all. Mm-hmm. It, was it a sales effort? I suppose in a loose conversation way, we did it um, in a uh, hotel lobby having drinks. And most of the time we ate together mm-hmm. uh, and it really was just camaraderie. And it, what would happen is you'd be in a conversation and somebody would tell you, I'm working on a project and this is what I need. And you'd say, Oh yeah. Well, Joe, I talked to him last month and he does this. So it was such an extraordinary way by which to stay connected with your colleagues in a non-sales role. You know, you could take almost your work hat off Mm -hmm. uh, and enjoy the folks as just industry friends more so. At least that was my take on it. Mm -hmm. So when I moved from Detroit, that was a sadness for me (laughs) uh, in leaving that behind. And so it didn't take long uh, for me to realize that I could do that again here in Charlotte. So I put out some feelers. Uh, I used LinkedIn uh, to look up folks that were using additive manufacturing in the Charlotte area and just started firing notes. Would you be interested in this if I did this? Would you be interested? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I had about five people say yes, I orchestrated it the same way, (laughs) same venue, the same day of the month. It's the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, we meet at this restaurant in Charlotte. And I think my invite list now is well over 40 people. We're nice. averaging 8 to 10, which I guess isn't terrible considering this is probably our fifth or sixth meeting now. Uh, whereas in Detroit, we were in year 10 or 11. Right. So I expect to see it build. Um, I'm getting to know some folks I didn't know before, uh, which is super exciting, both personally and professionally. Uh, it's nice to be able to sit down and just talk about what we're doing, what we're seeing in an ease of conversation. And hopefully 
uh, it yields some benefits for everybody who invests that Wednesday evening of time with us. Yeah. That's sweet. So yeah, come on, come on up. I know I'm thinking about it. I think, um, your next one is on March 11th, I think. And, um, that's my birthday. And so I'm already positioning and I'm like trying to line up a babysitter to check out the kids. And so I'll bring my wife and just stay in Charlotte for the night. I'm trying, I'm angling. <laughs> nice. That sounds great. We do sometimes have folks bring their wives. That's nice. Yeah, right definitely bring her. Come and hang out in Charlotte. For sure. You should do sure. that for a weekend anyway. It's kind of a fun place to be. Yeah, I agree. That's totally what I should do. I'm going to try and get that cleared through the business as a business expense. I mean, once a, once a month, I have to go to Charlotte for the night. <laughs> yeah, there you go. For so, sure. Yeah, it'd be a good uh, a good time to get together and uh, and catch up. And what? I think it's like two weeks before uh, before the big A-mug uh, uh, shindig. So yeah, telling it sure you. is. Two I'm weeks. You. You're right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, you, I see at least LinkedIn activity. Some of the folks that I've met here in Charlotte, you are connected with them as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you will find some familiar faces in showing up at the network night. Yeah, absolutely. I've, um, I'm a confirmed lurker of the group. I've, uh, I keep track of the pictures and, um, I'm one of the, one of the blessed people to be on the email list. So thank you for that. <laughs> 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 you're welcome <laughs> but no i appreciate it um well shannon do you have anything else for us here I, I'm, I, that's all i got yeah uh well i'm looking forward to hanging out with you at amug and your colleague brent we're very thankful that you both are giving your time uh you on the scholarship committee uh certainly behind the scenes but you both are also contributing time uh, in front of the audience as well, you on a panel, Brent uh, giving a presentation on the medical track. Uh, so we're thankful for people like you. That uh, That is definitely kudos and that we recognize that you have something to offer the attendees because those attendees, we treasure those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want to make sure when they're giving us their time that we are giving them uh, great content. And I know one thing about you is you are full of really good wisdom and you're authentic. Uh, and I hope I can break away and be on that panel as well. Be sure and share with your folks uh, the AMUG website so they can register. First timers, don't be afraid. We uh, we love to see you there. Can't wait. Right on. I appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for everything that you do for AMUG and the industry as a whole. Shannon, you are uh, you're you're one of the masters. Thank you so much. We do appreciate that. And um, yeah, looking forward to. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm looking forward to catching up with you in Charlotte, but definitely an A-mug if I don't make it to the Charlotte night. Well, I can hardly wait. That <laughs> sounds like a perfectly great time already. I'll be waiting for it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, sounds good, Shannon. I appreciate you taking the time and joining us on the Kicking It With podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds wonderful. Have a great night. You too. See you, Shannon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Shannon Van Deren of Layered Manufacturing and Consulting. She is, um, like I said, she's one of the pillars of the industry. Um, tons of people uh, know who she is. Everyone has a lot of uh, good stuff to say to her. You know, she's uh, she's one of the enthusiasts, trailblazers that have made uh, made it so 
such a great industry for all of us to be a part of the, uh, you know, doing the group meetups that she was doing in Detroit there for 10 years or so. And then, uh, bringing that idea with her down to North Carolina is really awesome. So, um, again, if you don't know who she is, definitely check her out. She's on uh, LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, you probably aren't even listening to this podcast because I don't waste too much time with the other so- uh, social networks. Um, and not as much as I should, but, um, she's on LinkedIn, check her out on there, uh, check out layered, uh, layered manufacturing and consulting. That's her business that she, uh, she operates within and, um, yeah, check out a mug. If you don't know what a mug is, it is a mug, a M U G.com. I'm pretty sure if not Google it, you'll find it. It's pretty close, uh, going on in Chicago the week of March 20th, 21st, something along those lines. So uh, that's what's going on there. It's a super awesome event. Lots of great people. And um, it's pretty much like a family reunion for additive manufacturing. So it's growing like crazy. I think a couple of years ago they had 700 or so attendees. I think last year was over 2000 to give you an idea. So uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. It's my favorite event of the year to go to. So that's that. That was episode five of the kicking it with podcast. That was special guest Shannon Van Deren. And I'm your host, Zach Holcomb. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.